my recommendation is to go slowly and work with intention because if this is going to be a business that's healthy, there's no rush. And it is so easy to get into this mentality of, I must buy this deal. It's now or never. Um, it's Q4. There'll never be another Q4 again. I need to go for it. The price might tank. Let me do this. And there's this false sense of urgency, I think, that takes over. And it's almost like this panic feeling. And try to remove emotion and, and be as robotic about business decisions as possible. Don't fall in love with your inventory. Don't, you know, fall for, well, I don't want to say fall for, but, but don't be wooed by someone on Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. You know, I have a bunch of sponsors for the podcast, and they're all wonderful people. But this one stands out for me because um, she so believes in what she's doing. Um, a, she's an e-commerce seller, okay, but she's also a CPA, and I'm talking about Anna Hill and. Uh, when you think about your business, when she talks about her business, when she talks about the top performers that she has as clients, and she's got lots of clients, and they're all e-commerce sellers, um, the, the number one thing is they know their numbers. And so you hear, you're going to hear her say it. You're going to hear me say it. And what's key is that you actually can then pivot and adjust um, as your business uh, changes and evolves, and it will change and evolve. You will not be in control of it. It's going to change. The marketplaces are going to change. And so the key is to get a, uh, get control of it. So she offers a course, um, Amazon Accounting Simplified, and I have a link, um, and she does pay me. So again, you know, don't want to hide that. But um, she includes a couple things with my link that she doesn't include in others. But let me just tell you about this. Uh, again, she's going to help you with a an example of a recommended chart of accounts. Now think about that. What accounts do you need? And she's going to give you the ones that most people are using, the best of the best are using. Because again, you want to make it, I always say make it uh, where you're going to make decisions. Um, that's how deep you should go. In our case, we have warehouse services. So we have to go deeper in our chart of accounts than maybe somebody else does. But And maybe your business is a little different. But if it doesn't need that, don't waste your time. You're not going to make decisions. It doesn't help you. And so uh, she recommends uh, QuickBooks Online, which is what we use. And uh, for me, it's phenomenal um, because I can use classes. I can use all these different tools, and you can go deeper as you need. But she's going to help you get that set up. The other thing that what I really like that she's going to do is she's doing a CPA deep dive into an existing e-commerce business, one of her clients, and she's going to show you what you can expect from your CPA, what is a deep dive, what they should be going through. And that's rare to actually see what you should be getting. Then you can compare what you're getting from your tax professional. And again, we don't do our own taxes here either. Um, and so get monthly financial statements. She's going to help you figure that out. And what I love about her courts is it's a pause rewind, I'm dating myself using tape, but go back till you get it and then go forward. It's not a, oh my God, the course is going to end. I'm going to be out of it. No, hers is a lifetime membership. Also, they put you in a special uh, Facebook group, private Facebook group where you can ask questions. Um, you can get, um, you know, you'll get other feedback, but you can see other people asking questions. So you don't feel so stupid when you're like, wait, I wondered that too. Yeah, duh. Most people do. And that's what, again, her heart is like a teacher. And so her course is the Amazon Accounting Simplified course. And if you go to Accounting, we will go dot com forward slash momentum click on that link fill it out um, you'll get a 30-day money-back guarantee so you know she changed that because she's like steve some people start 
um, and then life happens and they can't get to it. So I didn't want them to have to run to finish it. No, give them a chance. Again, that's the kind of person she is. And so if you're looking to really get control of your business, if you're looking for a way to really know your numbers, to know uh, all the different things that really matter, and then get that prepared and boom, you can hand it right off to your tax person. My, matter of fact, my tax person signs into my um, QuickBooks online account, which is awesome. <laughs> I don't think of anything. And they were able to finish this stuff right there and make entries and that kind of thing. Um, and she's going to help you get there. So uh, accounting, we will grow is Anna's group. Um, accountingwewillgrow.com forward slash momentum will get you to this link and check out this course. Again, 30 day money back guarantee. You're going to get those two extra things, which is the recommended chart of accounts. Uh, don't get complicated. Keep it simple, stupid, right? As they say, um, this is an example of what you what other sellers have used specifically in her business. And again, she's a CPA. And she's also going to do that walkthrough. It's really a deep dive so you can understand what each of those accounts mean and how, how uh, what a CPA should be doing for you and going through your books and helping you understand what you need. So accountingwewillgo.com forward slash momentum. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 422. Anna Hill. Yes, it's that time of year, year end, beginning of a new year. It's my time to talk with Anna. And as two accounting nerds, we're, we're still nerds. I mean, it, it just comes across. You can hear it and you're probably going to laugh and say, hmm, he's definitely like talking about this stuff. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, in the after call, because we could talk for 10 minutes afterwards too, is we definitely build on each other because, you know, you've seen so much over the time, over, over the years, you know, and what she's got a great perspective because she's got hundreds of clients. So she's seen the best and the worst. And so um, it's very interesting to talk about what's working um, and also what's working now, not necessarily what was working before because it, the world has changed. Uh, the accounting hasn't, but, you know, and we get into specifics on cost of goods and debt and stuff like that. That stuff is. And so it's really important. Um, she does a great job. And she has a course. And I do pitch it at the end. Um, and it is a pitch. Uh, so she does pay me. So I don't want to hide that. Um, but if, if you're thinking about, you know, really getting to know your numbers, um, I think it's really worth listening to and considering. Um, and again, I caution new sellers. I'm not sure it's right for you, please. Um, I'm just not so sure. Um, so Take a listen and see what you think, but reach out to me if I can help you in any way. And of course, join Anna's group um, and listen to her podcast, which we get into too also. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about my guest today because this is our annual thing. It's definitely become an annual thing where we sit and talk about closing out prior year and starting up the new year. And it's funny you know, I do a lot of speaking around and I tend to end up speaking about accounting or bookkeeping and stuff like that. And I always see, I, at least I always have people come up to me and say, I'm struggling. I want to pull the trigger. I just don't know where to start. Um, and I'm assuming our guest today is going to help us figure out how to start. Anna Hill. Welcome back, Anna Hill. Thank you for having me again this year. This has been our annual event and I look forward to it. And I think we're going to have a lot of helpful discussion today. You know, I look forward to it too, because you say the same, and we speak the same language because um, we're both nerds. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's the truth. All right. So first, let me say, and it's a CPA. If you don't know that, um, go back and listen to episode 369 and you can get some of the backstory and you'll hear what we talked about last year. But my CPA friend is also a e-commerce seller and has been for a long time. So you feel the pain, don't you? 
I do. I do. I've felt the changes over many years, and it really helps me connect with those. I'm trying to help by sharing my knowledge, and it's it's tough. It's, it's really tough. It's tough, and it's getting tougher. It's man, maybe we shouldn't say it's getting tougher because I think it's always been tough. Um, this is not the rainbow and unicorns four-hour work week that we all thought we were going to get, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's a job. I mean, there is work to this. Mm -hmm. However, um, some are better at it than others, and. Um, you know, you, you've got a lot of clients and I'm sure you have some outlier clients who you just sit back and say, holy smokes, they just, it's like magic, correct? Oh, it's truly, I think, gosh, how do they make it look so easy? It's really amazing. It's inspiring for sure. It, there, there are people that just have that gift and mm -hmm. with anything. I'm not that guy. Uh, are you that lady? No, I'm not that lady at all, but I do have an appreciation for it. And I know that it's possible. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about what are the common traits of the people who do tend to make this look easier than it actually is. Well, name one. What do you what have you seen that you would say is one of those things that, you know, people just you can they have a spark or whatever that is. What's that spark? You know, it's kind of funny, but they keep it simple. Oh. They're very focused. They have I'll and we can talk talk more in, in detail about some of these. They have separate bank account for all their business stuff. They don't blend business and personal funds. They're not out there chasing shiny rocks and, you know, they may try new things, but they do it with intention, not because they think they're missing out. And they tend to be um, really good about turning in their documents on time and they always review numbers with me. And, and it's this attention to their business, I think, that's the common theme. So it's interesting you mentioned that they review numbers with you. How, how long, I mean, these are, these are paid clients, and Anna has lots of paid clients, uh, probably accepting some, so reach out to her about that. But how long does that take? You know, some of them, um, I make a, a little uh, video when I go over the financials and I send it to them, and it's a 10-minute long thing, and they watch it. Other ones want to get on the phone with me and talk for an hour in detail, and that's fine. Um, but it's, it really doesn't have to be, again, keeping it simple. Ten minutes is literally enough. And, and those outliers, those who are doing it best practice, maybe I know you have to call them outliers. They're doing best practice, right? They don't have mm -hmm. to be, they didn't have to go to accounting school like us. They didn't have right. to get all these fancy degrees, but they are paying attention. What are they paying attention to? I mean, what do you, what are, where are they focused on? Well, you know, that's really interesting, and that brings up another very common trend among this group. It's they're paying attention to debt, specifically not carrying too much debt. Ooh, that's a four-letter word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and it's, it, it totally is, and it's, it's the difference between debt and getting in debt if that makes sense. And I oh. think it's really important to know the difference. Okay, so we, we mentioned a bunch of pain points, um, and I've yes. got a couple more. And I think that's where we should really go back and start at the beginning. Okay, mm -hmm. so what's the, you and I both get, talk a lot. What's the number one thing we tell people um, that they need to do for their business? Number one. Number one, it's so simple. Please do it, everyone. Please have a separate account for your business. Please. Okay, so a separate checking or saving. You could even do it through a savings account if you had to. I, don't th I wouldn't mm -hmm. suggest it, but you could. You could even do it through a PayPal. Like if you were just an eBay sure. person, I've seen people who just have a PayPal. Like It's like a debit card mm -hmm. or a credit card, I guess it is. Right. And mm -hmm. you can buy and sell through there. And what's great is all the money comes in less the fees, and mm -hmm. all your purchases go through there, less the fees. And yep. at the end, guess what? That's a profit or loss, right? I completely agree. And, you know, I think um, 
sometimes you hear the expression done is better than perfect and I think that's a really good example of it. It's a separate account the person knows their bottom line and it's a great place to start you know you don't have to overcomplicate everything and have 80 million accounts and track this that and the other and I think just a simple PayPal account that's a business account is a, is a great example of how that can work really painlessly. Yeah, I, I did a uh, discussion on um, bookkeeping at uh, Gay Lisby and Gary Ray's uh, mm -hmm. tri uh, Amazon Seller Tribe conference last year, and it was packed both times because it's such a pain point for people. And my yeah. comments are always the same. Keep it simple. If you're not mm -hmm. going to make decisions, you do what's necessary. I mean, of course, there's legal things you got to do, and you got to have certain accounts. Right. But if you're not going to make decisions, you know, and I tell this story, I'm, I'm, you're going to to laugh because you heard it probably five times. Um, one of the companies <laughs> I work for who was in, out of business, um, great company, um, I, I was called in because I was a CFO and uh, of one of the properties and we were all the up and coming CFOs. We're all there with the corporate CFO and the president. And I remember the guy saying to me, Steve, what do you think uh, we should do to help uh, reduce blah, blah, blah costs in accounting or whatever? And I'm like, you have 22,000 general ledger accounts. And I'm not exaggerating. I swear to God, <gasps> 22,000. And they were 23 digits long. And uh. each digit meant something. I mean, it was like you could drill down to the minuscule. Nobody did anything. Most of it was just fluff that somebody said, oh, I want to know how much money we spent on number two pencils that are black <laughs> as opposed to red, you know, whatever, some stupid thing. And yes. so they created this, all right, I'll create another general ledger account. Well, when you do that for 20 or 30 years, it gets unwieldy and you do nothing with it. So there was no decision making, right? And eventually right. the company went out of business magically. Oh, surprise, surprise. Because you couldn't <laughs> analyze anything. You got paralyzed because it was so much information um, and it became challenging. Now, my experience, you know, when we were talking about in the beginning in our pre-call, we were talking about challenges this year. I think cost of goods is one of the more challenging things of the business. Would you agree? Indeed, absolutely. And, you know, this is an inventory-based business. It's kind of the name of the game, but I think now more than ever, it's really important to focus on that and have a really good understanding of it, not just, oh, at year end, I think I'll calculate it for taxes, but an active knowledge of it on a monthly basis. Well, I've been toying with Inventory Lab and Scam. I've had Scam Power forever because I'm, uh, I love Chris Green and Paul. Mm -hmm. I just love those guys and I've been with them forever. But I did, everybody's been trying to convince me to look at Inventory Lab for accounting too because they supposedly do it better. So I, I have both. Mm -hmm. um, I see no difference. Um, this is Steve's opinion. So, you know, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I see no difference between the two. Um, my Scan Power can give me all the detailed reports I want. I can do all the expenses I want. But what it allows mm -hmm. me to do is to dice down, I'm assuming, and an inventory lab does the same thing, but it allows you to dice down by source, by shopper, by, um, by mm -hmm. shipment, to really dice down in there. However, some of that's not useful. So we have went to a standard naming convention for pricing and all that's that consistency of data now for unteen years has given us the ability to really drill down and see what what's profitable or what's not. Um, and to me, I mean, or you tell me, is that what the best practices are doing additionally? I mean, is that where they're spending their time on cost of goods? Oh, I, I completely agree. And, and what I always try to explain to people, that, well, they get confused and tangled up with what's the difference between one of those programs versus something like QuickBooks or Xero. And what I tell people is think about ScanPower or Inventory Lab or Fetcher, you know, there's a bunch of them out there, as the inventory subledger. That's where the details of your inventory are kept. 
And so you need to have a double entry accounting system in an ideal world, which would be a QuickBooks or a Xero, but you need to have these programs in order to track the details of the inventory on an item by item basis. You need to know if you're selling a pen, for example, how much you made on the pen, how many you sold, when you sold them, you know, all of those kind of things. And it's really, really important. And QuickBooks is not going to give you that level of detail. They just, it's impossible to get it. It's not designed for that. Um, exactly. And it's not going to exactly. interface with Amazon's API. Mm -mm. The other thing, uh, this is for my experience, and I'm assuming you're going to say the same thing, is for the big issue out there is IP issues um, or, or uh you know, people claiming they're counterfeit and stuff. So you have to justify. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we had one, you know, we sell shoes and socks and all that kind of jazz. We all know that. And we had an issue. And so it was a date. Boom, I was able to go backwards in scan power, just like you could with Inventory Lab, find the exact date. And then both Anna and I are nerds when it comes to receipts. <laughs> I was able to pull them up on um, our uh, digital image, found it, uh, mm -hmm. did a little clipping of it, circled it send it off to Karen Locker who managed my account so they can send it in. But that is critical today because you mm -hmm. run the risk mm -hmm. of losing your account, correct? Oh, you do. And I will tell you another pro tip on the side. Is do not ignore those. Do not ignore those warnings. I have one client who was able to do that, but unfortunately he ignored the notice from Amazon for over a month and a half. And his suspension has been ongoing for about a month and a half. Ooh. That's so he painful. ignored it. Well, let's get it into is painful. Let's get into pain point number two. If he had, no, I don't want to pick on this poor person. I don't want to make him feel worse. But if they had debt, <laughs> right? I mean, no, like, oh yeah, crippling mm -hmm. debt. When you know, how about this? Because I mean, I see a lot of people you know familiar with Dave Ramsey, and people are like, well, you know, he's talking about personal debt, how it's evil, and blah blah blah. But for business debt, it's necessary. Do every one of your clients have business debt? Uh, not every one of them. I would say probably 80% of them do. There's also some seasonality to it. Those who maybe don't use debt as regularly may have more debt for Q4 sourcing if that's an, a time that they have more sales. So it's not their go-to way of buying inventory, but it's there as a resource if they decide that they need it and it's worth it. But I would say about 80% of my clients do. Okay, so 80% of your clients do. Of that percentage, what percentage are using a credit card for, or a, I guess where there's limited um, interest? Um, all of them. Okay. I was going to say, or are they doing credit lines where they're guaranteed to pay interest mm -hmm. and all that kind of jazz? So no, all of them are using credit cards. They're using credit cards. And experience-wise, maybe up until this past year, it would be a better question, um, how many of them had to pay interest during that period of time? Oh gosh, I would say probably, um, probably ninety percent of them. Oh. no, 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 no. I'm, I take that back. Probably about seventy percent of them. Okay, that's higher than did. I thought. That's higher yeah, than I thought. Seventy percent. So that means then there they really are a cash heavy, like you said, inventory. So there's stock and stock and stock and carrying mm -hmm. debt as a cost. Okay, so that was that heavier in prior years than this year? Did you notice? I th I think that there is more debt. Um, I think people have maybe fewer credit cards, but the balances are higher, if that makes sense. I've had one client in the past, and he literally had 60 credit cards. Oh my gosh. And I know, and it, and it was really 30. He had a card and his wife had a card. So I've seen less of that, but I have seen the dollar amount of debt growing. And what I'm talking about is the percent of debt as it relates to unsold inventory. And I hope I'm not getting into the weeds too much. No, 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 that's fine. So your inventory valuation, I got $100,000 of inventory sitting on the side. What's what's a range that you as a CPA are looking for for healthy business? 
Oh, you know, people ask me this all the time, and the answer, of course, is it depends. I can't tell you. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, if you're selling cars or if you're selling, right, or if you're selling pens, right, it matters, right? Exactly. They're different. Mm, exactly. But I, <laughs> I, and of course, I'm not your CPA. This I is know. just a general rule of thumb. But I do know that the retail industry has generally gone, I'm sorry, the brick and mortar retail businesses have used the 30% rule of thumb for a long time. So if you had $100,000 of inventory, 30% um, debt on that is in general what the target was. And that okay. was seen to be, air quote, healthy. And so you want to stay below that number all times, even slow times or good, correct? I, yes. And again, it's a personal, um, a personal issue because the whole point of this business is to meet your personal financial goals. Mm. And so if your personal financial goal is to sell your business in a couple of years, you may have a different debt to income, I'm sorry, debt to inventory ratio than others. The other thing that happens is pretty interesting to me. In general, those who have more unsold inventory have a lower percentage because people after a certain dollar amount threshold, they just don't feel comfortable. So if you had a million dollars of unsold um, inventory and you had $300,000 in debt, that's a lot scarier than $100,000 of unsold inventory and $30,000 in debt. So you know, there's that, that absolute dollar idea. Does that bring up, uh, I mean, is that a flag for a company when they start hitting that? They got to sit back and say, am I buying the right inventory? Um, am I buying it at the right time? Or I saw somebody posting that they were able to go back and negotiate with their vendors and say, your minimum order quantity is way too high. I need smaller minimum order quantity in order for me to sustain my business. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think that a business owner has to sit there and literally say, I have $300,000 in debt. How does that feel? Is that a risk I'm comfortable with? For some people, that's outrageous and intolerable. Other people say, you know what, I have sales that support this. I actually feel comfortable with a little bit more. Other people, are, you know, at $10,000, $5,000, $1,000, that's all I feel comfortable with, which is why you and I are always on our soapbox about knowing your numbers because you can't have this thought process just by logging on to Chase to find out how much you owe. I mean, you just can't. There's so much more to it than what's my credit card bill. You know, I, I make fun of my older son because literally we were down there over Christmas and got to see our grandbabies and open the – it was an unbelievable. It was, it was wonderful, right? But Yay. I'm in his office and we're chatting and he's updating his net worth. Now he's 30-something, 30, 30, maybe 33, 34, and he's <laughs> updating his net worth like every month. He's like, oh, yeah, we calculate. <laughs> I'm like, I am so proud of you, son. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny when I look at them. They don't have uh, marital issues related to money because mm -hmm. they're so both on this. They know their numbers. We're back to that, right? They know their when, – when you were talking yeah. earlier about having those conference calls or, or just even the video you make with your client, mm -hmm. these are the things that a, C, a good CPA is going to discuss with you, right? These are the kind of exactly. things that you're going to – um, who is it? Uh, Andy Stanley always calls them guardrails, you know, about yeah. when he talks about marriage and stuff, you know, different guardrails you want to put around yourself. This is really a guardrail you could put around your business. Hey, uh, Steve, you're approaching these levels. Um, mm -hmm. This is something you want to pay attention to. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think having that as a, um, you know, kind of a way to measure your business also, like, okay, you know, the guardrail is 20% most of the year, but 30% in Q4, or it's 0% most of the year. And if you do a lot of Valentine's stuff, 
10% in that time period, you know, just kind of being aware. And I just want to make sure that people understand what we're talking about is you look at the total amount that you owe. Loans, Amazon loans, credit, credit cards. cards. That's that's the debt we're talking Payroll about. Payroll taxes. Pay, yes, anything like that, whatever you owe, and include that if you've gotten a loan from you know, your rich Uncle Fred, include that. What is the debt that you have on the inventory that is not sold? That's inventory at your home and warehouse plus inventory that's unsold at Amazon. I so always say it this way. Is if the business closed today – what checks are you going to have to write, right? I mean, that's usually yeah. the way we used to look at it. That I mean, you owe this money. You're not getting away with it, right? I mean, that's right. real mm -hmm. debt. I mean, that's not going right. away. Right, exactly. Hmm. And it's just important to know those. And you know, without getting too much into financial statements, this is what is on the balance sheet. And the balance sheet is, I think, just as important, if not more important, than the profit and loss. And I don't want to get too detailed, but this is why if you know your numbers, it's so much more than – What's the balance in my bank account? It really matters. Now, if we went back to the simple example, the person who, you know, has a just a simple checking account, it's a little different. I mean, it is it is different. But when you get into this accrual level of accounting, when you're building a real larger business and you get into this sophistication, this stuff will haunt you forever. So it is so important yes. to get control of it. Um, when you're looking at other differences this year, um, when I when I asked you about that before the call, that was it. You went immediately to debt. That that was the place mm. that you're seeing. Is this a dangerous trend that you're seeing? I mean, I I mean, I'll be honest. I've seen a whole bunch of people go out of business and walk away. Um, or every time I see on YouTube, I get in these stupid feeds where people are selling pallets of <laughs> unused. I mean, have you seen these things? I I don't know I why. Have. Once you watch one, <laughs> there's a million feeding you. But it's I like know. I'm always thinking that's somebody's inventory. That it just breaks my heart mm -hmm. that they're losing because they got you know they paid Amazon to get rid of it, and now Amazon sells it. And your stuff yes. is out there. Somebody paid a lot of money for that, right? I know, and they had their heart and soul in it, and they told their neighbors about it. And, uh, you know, there, there's so much. that's it is, it is hard to see because someone may actually be paying off debt on inventory that they don't even – they can't even sell anymore, that they don't even own. Hmm. Do you – I mean – at what point, well, and I mean, I know this is going to be one of those things you can't really, because you're not giving guidance, and I understand that, so understand that this is generic talk we're talking about. What What do you suggest to people who are newer getting in this business? I mean, you know, do you give guidelines on or recommendations on, you know, how much money they should start the business with, or should they just borrow it all and put it on a credit? Because you've heard those people, I started with nothing, I had a dollar, I got a $500 credit card and man, now I'm a millionaire and I'm driving a Lamborghini and I usually have a picture of a Lamborghini there I know, and then they, they hit you with a course and they do sell you a course. So uh -huh, of course, what, yes, what, what do. do you see or what, what's your recommendation? You know, my recommendation is to go slowly and work with intention because if this is going to be a business that's healthy, there's no rush. And it is so easy to get into this mentality of I must buy this deal. It's now or never. Um, it's Q4. There'll never be another Q4 again. I need to go for it. The price might tank. Let me do this. And there's this false sense of urgency, I think, that takes over, and it's almost like this panic feeling. And try to remove emotion and, and be as robotic about business decisions as possible. Don't fall in love with your inventory. Don't, you know, fall for well, I don't want to say fall for, but but don't be wooed by someone on Facebook posting, I have $2 million in sales because you don't know anything else about what's behind the curtain on that number. Try to be as emotionless as possible so that you can make a sound business decision. Emotion 
is for when you have money saved in the bank. That's when you should be emotional. Yeah, if you should buy a garlic press or the the meat cloth things, that's not a time to be emotional. I, have I told you my meat cloth story? I, I, I probably did. <laughs> I'm going to tell you again. So um, there's a local auction to us, and um, it's a uh, it's for businesses more so, right? And so I, I get you have to have a tax license to go and buy there or whatever. So anyway, we go, and uh, all of a sudden these. Amazon returns are coming through. And I'm talking pallets and pallets. And the guy's like, you want more? Every time he'd be like, anybody want more? And I'm always like, do you mean that you got containers of them sitting out? I swear to God, I kept thinking that way. But one of the <laughs> items that came in was meat cloths. And I'd never seen them because it was always the joke when I started, you know, with PL. It was always the thing, don't sell meat cloths or, or silicone mm -hmm. spatulas and all that kind of uh -huh. junk because that was a hot thing. But the meat cloths, I actually bought them. And I paid, I swear to goodness, 50 cents per... And I ended up buying, I don't know, I bought them just for a bunch of them just to have, you know, to give them away or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I swear, it almost like I got choked up inside because I'm thinking whoever that was, I paid them 50 cents less 30% because the auctioneer's taking 30% uh -huh. from that, Anna. That's what that person wow. made on their meat claws that they liquidated. Oh my gosh. Does everyone know what a meat claw is? It's this thing where you grill meat and then you, it's like a, a fake hand and you, you kind of like claw the meat apart until it's like, like bear claws, right? It kind of looks yeah. like bear claws, right? And it, it actually, you know what it reminded me of? These, uh, these are plastic, but they're, they're really good plastic, but they remind me of like brass knuckles. You know how they like fit yeah. around here? And I'm like, oh my God, it is, it looks like a cool, or back when we were kids, those Kung Fu movies that were cool. Yes. <laughs> it looks uh -huh. like yep. one of those weapons they would have used. But, uh, but back to it, exactly. Seriously, this was one of, oh my gosh, 50, 60 items that were coming through that auction yeah. that somebody has lost a fortune on. And my biggest fear is, is that they finance that. And now they're sitting there saying, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Right. And, and that circles back around to what we first started talking about is how do you know it is and isn't okay to, to do? And it's a different decision for everyone. Everyone's finances are different. But it's something that you have to do with intention. And if you say, I'm going to spend $10,000 on meat claws, and if I have nothing left to show for it but $10,000 worth of debt, and I'm okay, that's a lot different decision than I'm going to spend $10,000 on meat claws. I sure hope I get my money back because I don't know what I'm going to do otherwise. And those are two very different scenarios, and you must have that discussion with yourself, your business partner, your spouse, whatever, whoever is in your world financially you have to sit down and have that decision. And I know deals pop up. And sometimes you do have to kind of strike while the iron is hot. But in general, if you want to be in this for the long term, that is not a good place to operate from. It's like making quick decisions. The last thing I wanted to talk about today, if we could, is budgeting, um, planning, maybe a better term, because mm -hmm. people get nervous. They hear that word budget, right? The B word. <laughs> Don't throw me there. Um, when, when you think about budgeting, when you look at the best practices, people, again, I don't want to call them outliers, the best practice, because accounting hasn't changed since you and I were kids, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, way before that. It's tax, yeah. goofy tax changes, but that's political. Right. But real accounting mm -hmm. is exactly the same when I learned it in high school, and, you know, it's the same. Oh, yeah. Budgeting, planning, um, my approach, you tell me what your approach is, I always suggest keep it simple. Again, if you're not going to make decisions, why bother, right, doing that much? Exactly. I start with expenses. I know what our payroll is going to be, right? Boom. Mm -hmm. We know how many people we have working here. We know what they get paid. We know what the tax is. Then we go down. We know what our rent is. We know what our utilities will be. And we just go through mm -hmm. and build all that stuff. Um, what What is the best practice people in your group doing? 
you know, they're doing exactly that. They're, and those are the operating expenses, the expenses that it takes to operate the business. And they are making a plan for that. Anything beyond that is something that they may choose to use for inventory or maybe put away for savings for, you know, some people like to have a couple of months savings for operating expenses in the bank just in case. So I think if you start by saying this is what it costs me to operate my business, then after that you know how much wiggle room you have to invest in inventory because Stephen, think about this. If you can't pay someone, does it matter that you just bought two pallets of the best deal ever? Right. Oh, yeah. How do you look at them on Friday and say, oh, <laughs> but then look at the deal we got over there, but oh, you're not getting paid exactly. Friday. But man, we got those meat claws are shiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, and this is going to be goofy for people to hear this, but those are fixed costs, right? Those are standard, exactly. right? We know what our rent mm-hmm. is going to be because they're going to raise mm-hmm. it. And it's New Year, they're going to raise it. I'm not happy about it, but they're yes. going to, right? But you know, you can plan for that. And the variable costs are the things um, that you, based on sales and stuff like that. I, I just think that, that if people started there, open up a separate checking account, and then even just on a spreadsheet, put in what they think they're going to, what their known expenses are going to be. That's the place to start, at least in my opinion. Any different? No, I completely agree. And, you know, one thing to factor into that is how much you want to pay yourself. I, I think there's... I mean, we get paid? Badge of- <laughs> oh, all right. I got to go talk to my wife. <laughs> you and I have been doing this for many years. There's this badge of honor about hustling, and mm. I didn't take one cent out of the business. But think about it. We were saying earlier on, the purpose of this is to meet your personal financial goals. Is your personal financial goal to not make any money? I don't think so. And, you know, maybe temporary where you say, gosh, you know what, I'm going to have a very limited amount. But even if you pay yourself 100 bucks, something regular at first, that's really, really important. And that's, you were saying, what is something you would tell someone who's new? Be sure that you pay yourself and factor in what you want to work up to and make a plan for that. And that's kind of the budgeting piece, too. I always say that, you know, I could go and work uh, greeting at Walmart and make more money. I don't want to be in that anymore. At this right. point in my life, I'm retired. I, I do, you know, that's not what I want to do. First off, I'm not that friendly. Second off, um, <laughs> you know, no, seriously, though, you want to think about, like you say, your goals, you know. So if you want to travel, if you want to do this, set a goal, but then pay it and then mm-hmm. work your way in it. We've been very fortunate. Um, we've been pretty rigid about taking a raise each year now. We've got four of us here now, and so all everybody's getting a raise this year, and and we do profit sharing, which is very cool too. But Mm -hmm. that puts pressure that the business must perform. And so let me tell you, you want to focus, you be responsible for somebody else's paycheck. Um, It makes you a lot more focused. You know, I goof around, but I'm serious about we know our business, we know what our budget is for 2020, and we're going to be careful with that. So I I recommend that too. And again, Mm -hmm. keep it simple though, right? Right. Revenue, expenses, profit. Right. right. And if your expenses are X number of dollars and your revenue after cost of goods is going to be this and there's a gap, you better figure that out or uh-huh. choose different expenses because that's yes. a problem. Mm-hmm. Have you seen people not pick, uh, having to stop taking a paycheck because their business has suffered? I have. And sometimes it's not even because their business has suffered. It's, well, maybe this is a different way of saying it, but it's because they've made poor business decisions about what their expenses are and the number one thing I see is PPC paper 
put yeah, in advertising yeah, yeah, yeah. costs. Hundred percent. I see that over and over again where they say, well, my sales went up, and I'll say they did, but so did your advertising costs. So in the end, you actually made less than if you hadn't done the advertising in the first place. Yeah, unprofitable sales are not good. I guess if you're trying to get established or whatever, we, we've done some private label, and I always say they're singles and doubles. We stocked out, Anna. Isn't it amazing? Wow. We, di- we didn't make any money, but we stocked out. Okay. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> That's not a good long-term business, is it? No, it's not. Oh, and I, I, that's why you cannot run a business on sales. And I know that sales is a really important driver, but, you know, please, please, everyone, remember there's so much more to it than increasing sales. You're really running your business on your margin. What do you have left from sales after you pay for inventory, your cost of goods sold? That's what your operating expenses need to come from. And you can, you cannot say, well, if I increase my sales, my bottom line will increase telling you right now that's not what's going to happen. Um, the other thing that I, I would say that I see out there, um, and I know some brand owners, like, I mean, I personally friends with some brand owners who have amazing mm-hmm. brands whose brands have been uh, stopped for periods yeah. because of unfair practices. Well, you mm-hmm. have no control over those unfair practices. Um, no. I just read about somebody yesterday. They were talking about the legal counsel they have on staff because they have to defend their position every so often because it just keeps happening. It's a recurring thing. That, if you don't plan for that, if you don't have a contingency for that, you will be out of business very, very quickly because they still want to get paid, don't they, the debt people? <laughs> oh, they do. And you know what? Can I give some tough love? People gripe about this, and I say, you are the one who chose to do business in this environment. That means you have a responsibility to be very real about what the constraints are. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's fair, but it's really important. If you're selling on a platform Amazon, eBay, whatever, you have to follow their rules. And you may not like their rules, and a lot of times they're not fair. And I'm, it, it's frustrating for me to see really good clients, people, sellers, not be treated fairly. But unfortunately, this is the environment that we have chosen to do business in, which means you have to really, really stay on top of your numbers so you know what your risk is. And I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but griping about it isn't going to do any good. What does help is being prepared and being aware and if something does happen you say well you know what at least I thought about that I have a plan in place just like what you said as the fancy CFO I was risk mitigation was a huge portion of our business and matter of fact Mm. it was a declining business so it became even more important I mean literally Mm -hmm. how close are you to a uh, nuclear power plant that was part of our we were able to get a reduction in insurance I'm honestly I mean it was that detailed because you have to start you know you're you're declining so you need to save money wherever and so literally you'd get down into that risk mitigation. everything had to be mitigated you had to plan for the worst because it was likely to happen and and by mm-hmm. the way, most of those companies are all out of business because the industry died. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, okay. So we didn't doom and gloom everybody. It you know again. <laughs> let's but just start. We're still on the call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody. Uh, here's the thing. Just go back to the beginning. Please have a separate bank account. I mean, it's simple yeah. as Steve's Amazon business. My bank will open up that account tomorrow. Steve's Amazon business with my social security number tied to it, so it doesn't even have to be a corporation or anything like right. that. You don't have to That's get a fancy it. anything, just a separate one. And then Amazon will deposit that money or eBay or if we sell on a bunch mm-hmm. of channels, they will all deposit it in there. And you know, yes, you get 1099s and that's a I handle it to my CPA to do my taxes. I don't do my mm-hmm. own taxes anymore. But um, that's easy. And then when we pay things, we pay it out of that account. That's as simple mm-hmm. as it gets. And it cost, I think it was like 
the check that the account was free the checks they're getting to be a scam man they really rip you off on writing checks you um, write checks <laughs> i still write checks yeah i pay my rent for our, our warehouse on my check and payroll um i write payroll checks this, but we do it now here's a pro tip we pay monthly we're allowed mm. to in our state and that was what agreed upon and that's a pro tip to once that a month a payroll and it's mm-hmm. a good one um anyway but that's it and then it's easy to reconcile it's all it's all kind of simple that's the starting place please go out there and do that if you don't have that please just do it if you need help yes. email me or email Anna. we'll yes. we'll we'll encourage you um we could you can even have us on your cell phone as you're walking in the <laughs> bank and we can repeat you to can you do it. ask for this and say this is what <laughs> but seriously just I do something do that. like that yeah i, I do it too in a hot second and again steve's amazon account is a perfectly uh, uh viable name or steve's sure. e-commerce business if you don't want to use the word amazon that's fine okay yeah that's the place to start uh the second big takeaway here is really start managing your cost of goods by really in my opinion using a third-party inventory system like an inventory yes. lab or a scan power i'm preference to scan power right now because again i've measured the two and it works for me but i've been using it for so long i know diehard inventory lab people who just know it so well they love that so whatever you fit do something um but then also micro down on your inventory to really so you can make decisions on it. Put your pricing in or however in the naming convention, if you need help with that, reach out to some people. There's some a whole bunch of information out there in the in the world webs mm-hmm. um, where you can then manage that inventory. And then really the last thing that we talked about is debt, managing your debt. Um, Actually, not the last thing, uh, but managing your debt and get to that comfort level, which is Steve's opinion is not much. I mean, we do use credit mm-hmm. cards and we do carry a balance, but not a paid for balance. Like, you know, we don't carry interest, I guess I should say it that way. Right. So right. Th- there's that weird float or whatever, but that's just their mm-hmm. system. We don't do that um, and pay it early so you don't ever have to dispute it. The other thing that we really spent time on is knowing financial statements. Now, mm-hmm. the reason I'm ending with that is because now I'm going to make Anna's pitch for her because she's <laughs> humble she doesn't like to um but it's Thank fair you. but it's, it's 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 fair and again i would tell you if you're a new seller please this is not the right course for you i don't think my opinion this is steve's opinion i agree um I agree. if you got a lot of money and you want to set up your business perfectly correctly then spend the money because it's worth it but if you're going to make you know i mean i think you build into this this is my my way of thinking but you know each person's different but you help people get their business really on QuickBooks online. I mean, specifically, it's really QuickBooks online, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. your focus. Why Why have you chosen them? Because um, there are other options now. There really weren't, but why, why QuickBooks? There are, there are many. There are many options, and I have taught people how to use several different software solutions, but my experience is that people are easy. People learn QuickBooks Online a thousand times more easily and efficiently than any of the other solutions. So it's not my preference personally. It's accounting's accounting. I don't really care, but it's what I have seen people are able to grasp and understand and master the um, most efficiently and the least painfully. Um, what I find, because we use QuickBooks Online too, um, I had QuickBooks Desktop. Now we use QuickBooks for our personal believe it or not. Mm-hmm. It's just hilarious. We still have it on our personal, uh, <laughs> or we have QuickBooks we even do. But um, I like I like using classes and things because we have warehouse. So we have mm-hmm. warehouse services and things, just different things. You can get down to the level of detail. To me, that's what I like is that it's so adaptable. When I think right. back to my world of accounting, which was 30 plus years, um, the sophisticated systems we had that now QuickBooks for, I don't even know what it cost a month, 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month, whatever it cost, 
It's so it was ridiculous. It's twelve right now a month. Oh, it's twelve dollars. Oh, come on. Twelve dollars a month. I mean, it's it's nothing. It's like you know, stop it for McDonald's for a family. I mean, it's nothing. Oh my god! Now I feel embarrassed. I'm thinking it's hundreds of dollars. But we used to pay <laughs> thousands. Oh my god, yes. thousands just for updates every year, and it was mm-hmm. so complicated and. Oh. Oh, it was. Painful. All right. That's funny. Okay, so Anna offers a course. Um, it's the Amazon Simplified course. Is that the correct term? Yes. Okay. Amazon Accounting Simplified. You can get to it multiple ways. I'll let you get into that. Yeah, AmazonAccountingSimplified.com. Okay, so yes. that's how you get to her course. Um, she runs a free group, okay, um, and it's Accounting We Will Go, Correct. That's Correct. a Facebook group, and but they want to yes. make sure you're real, so you have to request to get in it. Um, you don't just let everybody in, right? I mean, I do not, but I will say that I personally review each and every single request. Me, and personally. it's a free group. It's a place to answer, uh, to ask safe questions, and you'll get some answers. I mean, you're mm-hmm. not going to do detailed stuff, and I do see you chastising people sometimes, or others chastising <gasps> them, saying, "Hey, you know that that's just." You know, be careful of free advice you get on the internet, right? Without from a CPA, because you do have to be cautious. Well, my brother-in-law, Bill, said you can do this, and he's a, right. That's, that's not good places to get your advice, right? <laughs> I say almost it's all not. the time you refer to the IRS code. I always see you posting that stuff, like you live I in do. that, don't you? <laughs> stop it! Stop it's it. true. Actually, you live in it, nerd. I do. I know. I do. But you know what? I tell people a lot of times. Someone will say you need to ask a CPA. Well, that's true. But I think the group is really about research. Mm. You know, you want to be prepared and, and, you know, hey, can I expense a trip to Disney if I bring my family of five and I buy one mug to resell? Well, here's the reason in general that's not true. I'm not saying, you you know, obviously that's a no, but, you know, there's all kinds of questions people ask. And in general, there's usually a right answer, a legal answer, but it is not the place that you want. You want to not replace the CPA with it. It's just to around what other people are doing, learn best practices to run your business from an accounting perspective and those types of things. Intention means a lot. And when in that example, intention means a real lot. You know, I used yes. to remember when everybody would be like, okay, we're at a uh, business dinner. Okay. How's your business? Good. Okay, good. We're done. Now we met the requirement. Uh, I'm not sure that that's true. I don't think that that's quite the, the, the plan for that. Okay. Exactly. So, so what I, what I'd like different, and you were talking about this this year versus and if you've had a course for a while, but what you've changed it, which I think is so smart, is that people come in kind of where you are, right? Not everybody can right. come in and be guns blazing and be an expert immediately, mm-hmm. correct? It's completely correct because a lot of people don't even have any accounting experience and others maybe have had some accounting experience. But it's designed for everyone to start where you are. And, and what I also like is that you can pause and rewind. You can pause and mm-hmm. say, ooh. Then you implement. That's my advice is, you know, go through it. Okay, I think I understand it. Listen to it again if you have to, but rewind it to get to that place to make sure you're doing it correctly. And then, boom, implement into your business. The other thing that I would say is do not implement everything right away. It's overwhelming. No, Mm -mm. it is overwhelming. I mean, even I wouldn't want, if I were doing a client's books from scratch, I would not be able to sit down and do it in one day. It's just not possible it's not realistic and and you kind of get a little bit burned out it's like if you do a crossword puzzle you step away and you come back and all of a sudden the pieces come together think of it like that yeah i think you you get time to think things through in your head you're just mechanical before that and then you get to go out and like Mm -hmm. oh i've caught so many of my mistakes like hours later without even looking at anything i'm always like that's not funny i think i did that wrong i think 
for whatever reason, my brain didn't sit right, and it was like, huh. Mm-hmm. And, and then magically, you go back and fix it, and then it's like, wow, like the world yes. got better. <laughs> the clouds <laughs> open and the sun beamed down. <laughs> yeah, I heard music. Okay, so the course is available. It's accountingwewillgo.com forward slash if you use momentum. Okay, and so, um, and I don't want to hide anything from anybody. I always tell everybody, uh, Anna is a sponsor of my show. She pays me if you buy this course through my link, okay? But you don't have to. If you take off the momentum, you don't have to. But if you do, I would appreciate it. Help sponsor the podcast. And I've asked Anna to, to give us a couple things. So first off, you're going to get a free 30-day money-back guarantee. And mm-hmm. I love where your heart is on this. Your heart is like, Steve, what if they buy the course and it used to be seven days and they can't get to it because somebody gets sick, right? Or something happened. Mm-hmm. Life, does your life happen in your world, Anna? <laughs> oh, it sure does, as it does in yours, I know. <laughs> yeah, and so so you give them a full 30 days to evaluate it. And mm-hmm. if, they, if they're not, okay, you'll give them the money back. I love that. Exactly. The second thing um, that you're going to get um, is a recommended chart of accounts because I think this is a place where people get hung up. What I love about your chart of accounts, how many lines is it? Do you remember? Oh, gosh, probably about 25 That's at it. the most. That's, That's it. it. That's the most. Again, when you're managing your cost of goods, you're managing it through a third-party site like an inventory lab or a scan power. That's, mm-hmm. or, or like you said, Fetcher or even a spreadsheet's fine too. Yeah. That's where you want to do the detailed work. You don't want to do it exactly. at this high level. And so you don't need a million accounts, uh, subcategories and, and mm-hmm. classes and all the rest of that jazz. Um, uh, but but uh, what I do love about, again, on QuickBooks though, is you can get more complicated because we have uh, warehouse services. So we can pull a class out for that and I can actually see a profit and loss for that. So it's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty easy to do. Um, but you're going to get that recommended chart of accounts. And then the other thing that you're doing, which is very, very cool, and I, I don't think people... I think this is something that people would really be intimidated by, um, is you're going to do a walkthrough of what a CPA would do with balance sheet and profit and loss. An example, correct? Yes, with actual numbers, not of a specific client that I have. You're not going to tell the client's name, but it's real. (laughs) But it is is real. It's real results, and I'm literally going to start from the very top of the balance sheet go through what the assets are, what that means, explain each one, then go down into the liability section, talk about the difference between a short-term liability like a credit card and a long-term liability like a longer-term loan, how to look at the specific numbers on the balance sheet and say, if this is my balance sheet, I need to look at this versus this. And I'm going to specifically show you on the screen how to do that. And then I'm going to do the same thing with the profit and loss or the income statement. Start at the top, revenue, sales, you know, all of those great things, cost of goods sold. And and this is what I do with my clients. My most successful clients tell me over and over again, it's this particular exercise that I do with them that gives them the most value for my services. And what's really cool is once I show everyone how to do this, they can do it themselves, which is why I'm making this specifically and especially just for you in this detail. It is in the course, but at a very high level detail, but this walkthrough I'm doing is for you specifically, Stephen, as a thank you for letting me do this podcast with you. And I really want people, I think if they watch me in detail do this, they're going to learn a lot and apply it to their own business. I think it helps people put things in context. You're going to be like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's what that is. Because a lot of it is is Greek to a lot of people. And I understand it. You know, I mean, it's not like it's easy for everyone. It, it's not. But when you get the context around it, I just think it's so valuable. And again, mm-hmm. you're talking to somebody who's an e-commerce seller. Anna is a seller. She sells stuff. I can't yes. tell you what. 
but it's cool. But it's cool. I can tell you, it's tablecloths and bedspreads from India. Woo! And but oh, she, and she puts pictures of it, um, which is very the cool. The secret so. is out. Yeah, 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 yeah. you let him out. You know, I'm but, a big fan of keeping things simple, and I do this all in layman's terms. I say, you may hear this word, but this is what it really means. Like a short-term liability equals credit card. We all know what credit card is. So perfect. that's what I think is so important about this. Okay, so again, um, accountingwewillgo.com uh, forward slash mm -hmm. momentum. There'll be a link yes. there, and you can just click through that link, and that'll get you in, and you'll get all that all those goodies. Um, and again, she does pay me for that, so I don't want to mislead anybody. Um, and if you're uncomfortable with that, just go to accountingwewillgo.com, and you can just buy the course there if you're interested. Um, the suggestion, again, is if you're a newer seller, pause. You know, right. be careful before you jump into something like that because that's a commit. Make sure you're committed. And then mm -hmm. when you are, but please, no matter what, make sure you have your separate checking account to start or whatever account. And then build into this and pause, um, rewind. I'm dating myself <laughs> to the tape. Rewind backwards and watch it again and make sure you get it and then implement into your business and then keep it up. Keep it up forever. Yes, that's forever. the whole thing. Follow through. <laughs> and I think once you have the system in place, you're going to find it's really not that painful and it's just going to become part of your, you know, monthly routine and it's not going to be any big deal. Goodbye dread. Goodbye stress. Yeah. Yeah. You don't worry about, oh, it's uh, Q1. Oh, we're waiting for the 1099. I'm waiting for our 1099. I'm excited. It's like, I can't wait to get it. So we can close <laughs> our books and we can start the new year. No, but we, we have a big year plan and we have our budget ready. So it's like, all right, I want to move past this so I can get into the next one, yes. you know? And so I'm very excited about that. So Good. if you would like to hear more from Anna, there's a couple ways. So accounting, we will go Facebook group, free group, go join. Oh, mm -hmm. I did. I forget to mention in your course, you do get access to a private uh, yes. Facebook group where you're allowed to ask specific questions, yes. um, which is very cool too. So that is also included in there. And I'll have that on that landing page. Um, mm -hmm. You get that 30 day money back guarantee. Um, you'll get that recommended chart of accounts and then you'll get the walkthroughs also um, mm -hmm. um, in addition. But you also have a podcast, young lady, and I do. season one is over. You're getting ready for season two. What can we expect this year? Oh, gosh. Season two is so much fun. I have been doing a couple of things that I've done before, which is talking very high level about what you need to do. But I also go into a little bit more depth, specifically related to questions that people ask me in my Facebook group all of the time. And it's not like an FAQ kind of thing, but these questions, Questions are sort of related to what's going on now in the business. And I think, you know, for example, the increase in advertising spend has been a hot topic lately. So I go into a lot of the current hot topics. So it's not just a repeat of season one, but it is, you know, standard accounting information that you need for your e-commerce business plus specific discussion about what's relevant now. That's why I love, uh, you know, doing seasons like that because you can ebb and flow as the yes. e-commerce world ebbs and flows because it's going to change. And guess what? Jeff Bezos is not calling you. He's going to change <laughs> the business. You know, you know, it, it's very cool. But it's again, this is from somebody who sells and she has, I don't know, she's had hundreds of clients. And so she's seen the best. And I'm assuming that means she's probably seen some of the worst. <laughs> I, I can tell you what things that you really should avoid. And you know what? Actually, that would be a really cool podcast. Why don't I do that? Oh. Not a doom and gloom, but I think it would be really fun to, to do something like these are the things that if you find yourself doing these things, stop, pause, and think. So I'm glad this came up. So I'm gonna Ooh, do one about that's the that. name of the title. Stop, pause, and think. I love it. Yes. I love that as a headline. <laughs> so it's the Amazon Accounting Podcast. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. The Amazon Accounting Podcast. You're everywhere. You're on iTunes. You're on every, you're on every feed that I get. Um, I see your smiling face everywhere. Um, season one is out. 
season two is upcoming in January. Um, and, you know, again, if you need help, okay, join Anna's uh, free group and you can see a lot of the questions that you have. Everybody else has. Most sure. people. Have. I have questions. I mean, you know, you and I both went to accounting school. I still don't understand everything or the mm-hmm. terminology is different or the terminology used as, mm-hmm. or, uh, what do they call that? Colloquial, whatever that's called, that uh-huh. term, you know, where, where I don't, I'm, I don't know what they mean and I have to go look it up. Right. And so, uh, nobody knows it all. Um, some think they do. And I guess I've been accused of that from sometimes, but <laughs> no comment. I do okay. not. Yeah, I understand. Well, I, uh, I'm very appreciative of you doing this. Um, and again, if you're interested in uh, more information, the Amazon Accounting Podcast, where this is the kind of stuff that's talked about every single episode on how to run your e-commerce business. And what I like, you're open to other questions, correct? That's what you're going to base oh, other always. episodes? Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Take care. Thank you. You too. How cool is that? Um, I could talk to her. I mean, that's why I love doing it. I mean, there are a couple of people that I can just talk to. Like, it just time flies because, you know, it's like we're finishing each other's sentences because it's it's just so common sense, her approach. And I said to her afterwards, she's so reassuring because you're dealing with some pretty scary stuff sometimes. And she just has that quiet confidence. That's what I like to call it, a quiet confidence that you're listening to her and she's reassuring that Southern voice and just saying, yeah, Steve, it'll be okay. Let's get this done. Now buckle down. Let's get this done. And to me, that's what you're looking for. So uh, again, you know, please join our group, um, Accounting We Will Go. It's a free group. You can get a lot of tips. Just sit there. And even if you're just watching, you're going to see questions that you had and it could reassure your answer or it could put doubt in your answer, what you thought was the answer. Then that's a good place to start. Huh. Why are they doing it different than me? And a lot of times we have been able to reduce touch points or find better ways to do things because that's the way we've always done it here. And so I see it in her group and I'm like, huh, I'm open to that. That's a better idea. People are trying new things and it works. So I just think it's just a great group. Counting, we will go. Ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.